The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. In the name of Jesus, amen. Who's that guest? that sends shivers down your spine? Who's the guest that, if you knew they were coming to your house for Christmas dinner, would make you dust a little more carefully, clean the bathrooms a little more thoroughly, and maybe actually make you look at the recipe instead of eyeballing it? There's nothing wrong with the usual guests. After all, family is important, but there's just something about having a special guest that makes us take our preparation more Seriously. Today, in God's Word, we get the encouragement to take our Advent preparation seriously because we do have a special guest coming. Our King Jesus is coming. Last week, we heard from Pastor that the word Advent means coming, and the church has been in a state of Advent ever since the first gospel promise to Adam and Eve, all the way back in the Garden of Eden. When God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. From that moment on, the church has been waiting, waiting for that Savior to arrive. And just as Christmas dinner is not as fleshed out in August as it is in December, so too the promise of the Savior wasn't so fleshed out from the beginning. All that Adam and Eve knew was that there was a man who was coming who would eventually kill Satan. But that's it. That's all they had to go on. But yet, they still made preparations for their coming king. They told generation after generation, the Savior is coming. The Savior is coming. And as time went on, that picture of the Savior got clearer and clearer. Abraham was told that this Savior would come through Isaac and Jacob's line. David was told that this Savior would be a king just like him, but his throne would last forever. The prophets were told that this Savior would be born in a little town called Bethlehem, born of a virgin. And when he would enter the capital city, Jerusalem, he'd come riding on a donkey. That picture got clearer up until the day when the king arrives and heaven joins in the song saying glory to god in the highest and peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests for to you is born this day a savior who is christ the lord after all those thousands of years of preparation he's finally here but the preparation isn't over the baby did not just come to be born no he had a job to do And he sent his cousin, John the Baptist, ahead of him to prepare the way for the Lord, to make straight paths for him. John went ahead and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. But very quickly, that man, John, was silenced. And twelve other men took up the call behind Jesus and followed him for three years. The disciples were the ones who went ahead of him on Palm Sunday and said, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. That parade of palms was on Sunday. 
By Thursday, the king would be arrested. By Friday, the king would be dead. And by Sunday, the king would be alive again. Forty days after that, he'd be gone. After all of that preparation, he comes, he wins the victory, and then he leaves. But as he goes, he makes one promise. I am coming back. And with that promise, the church finds itself in the season of Advent once more. Our King is coming, and there is preparations that need to be made. And that preparation starts first in our hearts. This upcoming Thursday is the first day of December, and you know what that means. If you thought your schedule was busy before, just wait. There's more. If you let out a sigh of relief after Thanksgiving dinner, just wait. There's more. Now, don't get me wrong, Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. Enjoy every minute of it, the parties, the friends, the presents, the carols, even the songs that play over and over and over again on the radio. Enjoy looking at the nativity scenes with a cute little baby Jesus on some clean hay, surrounded by his picture-perfect parents, by well-to-do wise men and put-together shepherds, maybe a star and an angel thrown in. But this is the season of Advent, and it's a time for preparation, a time to prepare our hearts, time to prepare our hearts to realize that this king who has come, this little baby who's here, he's here for a job. He's here on messy business. That nativity scene that I mentioned, I think sometimes gets a little whitewashed. Any of you have spent any time around animals and have watched them eat, you know that where they eat isn't always the cleanest place. Um, there might be a little bit of leftovers and slobber left behind. And if any of you have been around or have experienced or been around a birth at any point, you know that a, a put-together mother and a perfectly clean baby just after it's born is not really realistic. And that's the picture that we get. But more than that, it's a messy business because this baby who lies in this manger covered in blood and slobber is not just any baby. This is the king, the god of the universe who created the stars and yet holds every atom together. He's the one who keeps every heart beating and every lung breathing. But he's here as a baby. How humiliating. God had never been hungry before. God had never been thirsty before. God had never been cold before. He never had to learn before or grow before. But here he is, a baby. And he's here for you. He's hungry for you. He thirsts for you. He grows and learns and lives and suffers and dies and rises for you. So the angel's words might come true. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. So this Christmas season, as you get ready to celebrate Jesus' first coming, 
May you have peace. Peace because your God has made peace with him through his son, Jesus. So as you check off all those boxes, as you get those presents under the tree, as the lights go up, as the food gets cooked, may you find in the midst of all that anxiety a place of rest because Jesus is the center of your Christmas. But as fast as Christmas comes, you know it all too well, Christmas goes, the trees come down, the lights go out, the food gets put away. Even after all these pyramids change from blue, it will still be the season of Advent. We will no longer be looking forward to celebrating Jesus' first coming. Instead, we will be looking forward to celebrating Jesus' second coming. For just as Christmas is pointless, if we don't focus on what Jesus came to do, so too being a Christian is pointless. If we don't focus on what Jesus is coming back to do. The point of being a Christian is not that we rid the world of all evil and injustice. The point of being a Christian is not that we get better as a people or a society. The point of being a Christian is not even that we have each other for support in this difficult world. No, those are all gifts and blessings God gives us, but there is one promise that defines Christians, one promise that keeps us moving and even in the toughest times, and that's the promise that Jesus is coming back to take us out of this sinful world, to deliver us and save us forever. And this is his promise to you one day, and it's not just some thing that Christians say to make themselves feel better about themselves. It's not just something that Christians say so that uh, we can maybe get through the hard times, but isn't really going to happen. No, one day, one real day soon, just as angels filled the sky when Jesus first came into the world, so too they will fill the sky when Jesus comes back and saves each and every one of you. And on that day, the season of Advent will be over, the season of waiting will be over, and the season of life and celebration will begin. And that season of life and celebration, it will never end. That is what we wait for. Our King is coming back, and our hearts are ready. But this world's not. If Jesus were to come back right now, there are many people who would find themselves on the side of condemnation and judgment. Whether they had no time for the king or they had never been told about the king, for them, the king comes as a conqueror. And that's why we are still here. We have the news. We have the good news about the king who is coming and God sends us ahead of him to share it. Have you ever said to yourself, yeah, I want Jesus to come back, but not yet. I, I mean, I, wanna, I have a lot of life to live. I want to experience some things, to see some things, to do some things. Jesus could come back later. If we take that approach to Jesus coming back, 
How motivated are we going to be to share that good news with people who need to hear it when we ourselves really don't want him to be here in the first place? Just like our reading today from Matthew's Gospel, the reading of Palm Sunday, let's be like those people who on Palm Sunday couldn't help themselves but run ahead of Jesus, cut off palm branches and throw their cloaks down because they were so excited that the king had finally come because he had made big promises to them and he was there to keep the big promises. As he enters Jerusalem, it says that the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? We have that answer to the question. Who is this? Who is this king that is coming back? What gives you your hope? Jesus gives us our hope. And Jesus sends you with that message of hope. He says, go, run. Run to the people that you've been given, the family that you have and the friends that you have made. Run to the people you care for and maybe even those you don't care for. Because for those who wait for Jesus to come back, he comes as a victor to bring them a crown. For those who have no time for the king, he comes as a conqueror, and they will pay for each and every one of their sins. We have the words of eternal life, and the world needs to know. Because this is the season of Advent, and there are preparations that need to be made, preparations in our hearts, and also preparations in the world before the king comes back. But as you live your life as Christians, as you make preparations on your own, it may seem like sometimes it's just never enough. It just seems like my heart and my mind gets distracted. I'm not as ready as I should be for Jesus to come back, and well, that opportunity to tell someone about Jesus just kind of slips through your fingers like water. In those moments, when it feels like you're failing to prepare for Jesus to come back, know this. When he comes, he's not coming back to critique you, to see how clean your heart was, how ready you were for his arrival, or even how many people you told about him. No, your king comes back to save you, to give you a crown, to welcome you home to heaven. He only has one thing that he will say to you when he comes back, and that is, well done, good and faithful servant. And that is a guest worth waiting for. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.